0: No, no, no. Now, your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration perspiration, 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 and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show, with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the Get You Some Studio, and I am your host, as always, Terry Lancaster. Now, sometimes... You get uh, you get a reality check, and this happened to me on, on Facebook to today. As a matter of fact, I, I posted this picture of uh, Jeff Bezos, the CEO and founder of Amazon. It's a picture of him at his desk from 1999, and this was about five years after he had started Amazon. And he's got he's got a desk that's made out of a, a made out of an old door with four by fours for legs, and he's got he's got dirty, dingy carpet and, and stainless steel metal filing cabinets and looks like the, uh, the crappiest office you've ever seen. And the, the kick in the gut was Jeff and I both started our companies at about the same time. Amazon was started in 1994 and my advertising agency, we started that in 1995 and Amazon has grown into this worldwide monster. And you know, my ad agency, I'm perfectly content with it. Everything has worked out just fine. I can't complain a bit, but we are not Amazon. And but I'm but that's because when my partner and I started the company, we decided emphatically at the very beginning that we didn't want to build an empire. We wanted to build a business that that supported his family and supported my family and kept us busy and did let us allowed us to do the things that we wanted to do without getting bogged down in empire building. So we started out thinking small, and that's worked for us. And so I'm always a little leery of people who are giving advice to think big, to shoot for the stars, until you kind of break down the emphasis on that. So today we're going to do just that. I have a guest on the show, John Jwoskin, and John is the author of the Think Big Movement. It's an Amazon bestseller, and he has advice on thinking big, but how you can turn thinking big into acting small and taking the small steps that are going to get you where you're going. We'll be right back right after this to talk with John. Being the boss is fun,
1: taking your ideas, turning them into something new and watching it grow. Oh, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun, until it's not. Most businesses reach a point where good ideas, common sense and hard work just aren't enough anymore. They get stuck. Now it's time to get unstuck. Unstuck 10 Proven Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth.
0: Get your copy today and get unstuck. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm
1: Terry. Good. I'm doing
0: well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. You're, you're more than welcome. Glad to have you. So tell me, tell me a little bit. We'll come back and we'll, we're going to talk about and find out about you. But first, I want to hear about yeah, the sure. Think Big movement. How to tell me what actually what that means?
1: So the Think Big movement, the the meaning behind the book is a couple things. One, um, I define thinking big as Understanding what your big picture is, understanding what your big purpose is in life, and then reverse engineering that to do the small things every day that equate to something big. And the movement is the movement in your mind, which is a paradigm shift that you can actually do and accomplish whatever it is that you want to do. And a lot of times people get stuck. They get stuck in overthinking. They get stuck in getting in their own way. They get stuck in just thinking that their life is what it is and they want so much more, but it's a paradigm shift in your thinking that is critical. And that's when, when I talk about a movement, it's about a personal movement that gets you to your next morning, your next day, your next month, your next week, and gets you to the big result that you want. And people ask me all the time, well, is bigger always better? Well, not necessarily because it depends. However you define your big to me it really backs into what's your purpose? What do you want in life and what fulfills you? If you can answer those questions, then it doesn't matter what size it is. It just matters that it's the size that fulfills you and you get what you want out of your life.
0: Yeah, so it's so it's a shift in thinking. And the thing that I've gathered from from reading the book and from from reading that you're you're your writing and some of the stuff on your website, that you're all in favor of, you know, doing a three-year plan and doing a two-year plan and doing a one-year plan, but The three-year plan and the two-year plan and the one-year plan doesn't mean anything without the one-day plan and and taking a look at that every day and, and taking the steps every day that are moving you in the direction you want to go.
1: Correct, Terry. To me, a business plan is a fluid document. A lot of times people, and I'm sure you've talked to many people, know many people that create a business plan and put it in a drawer and they don't look at it for a year, maybe even two years. <laughs> and and a, a business plan needs to be created. It needs to be specific and measurable. It doesn't have to be big. It can be as big as a, as a three by five card. But then it needs to be Uh, Exactly. Reverse engineered to the quarter, to the month, to the week, to the day, if necessary. And it needs to be looked at every day because it should be a fluid document that grows as you grow, the business grows, the market changes, and and things change. Right now, we're in a market where, and in an economy with a lot of uncertainty, there's tax reform, there's things, there's a a necessary shift in equality, uh, which is incredible to watch. And So there, there is change going on and it's going to affect people's businesses. And so you need to always be in a fluid state of mind where your anchor is in line with your core values, but sometimes you got to shift a little bit in in the direction that you're going to get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I tell I tell people every day that the sales business has changed more in the last ten years than it changed in the last hundred, and the next ten years are going to make the last ten years look look like uh, you know a smooth sailing because thing, technology is changing, the way people are communicate communicating are changing, everything is undergoing such rapid change, and so it's hard to plan out three years, but it's not hard. To know where you're going and start taking the action steps unless you get bogged down. And, and so many people, they sit down and they've got a, a 200 checkpoint list of things they're going to do today. One of the things I've heard you talk about is, is really focus and focusing on the two or three things that you're going to do today that are going to get you toward that long-term goal.
1: Absolutely. Uh, focusing on, I have a journal and every day it talks about, you know, what are the three things that I'm going to do tomorrow? What are my three actionable um, uh, the top three actionable priorities that I'm going to do. I do my best to be as specific and measurable. And that's what I recommend people do. But I want to talk about what you just said right now, because it's hard to plan out three years, 10 years. I, I my family just went on a, um, a family cruise. There was 18 of us. It was great. And on the way back, I, I randomly sat next to this guy who happened to be on the cruise with his entire family. We didn't even see him once. But he was one of the chief engineers, he is one of the chief engineers um, at Chrysler. And Mm -hmm. he was talking to me about in in about 20 years, every car, you will not be allowed to drive a car. Yeah. Because in 20 years, the transportation companies, the big three, the automotive companies, all of the cars are going to have chips where they're going to communicate with each other. So everything's going to pretty much be predictable. So if a car is coming your way, I'm paraphrasing some of what he said. Yeah. Uh, if a car is about to hit you, it, your car will automatically sway out of the way because it can predict what's going to happen in its surroundings. So the outlier 20 years from now will actually be someone who wants to drive the car, but you won't even be allowed to. So for us to comprehend the idea that we won't even be able to potentially drive a car because there'll be cars that will be, you know, driverless and self driving is 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 almost impossible to comprehend yeah and uh, and we're not too far away from that
0: well, absolutely. And, and uh, one of the things, a lot of, a lot of my audience are automotive salespeople, probably a third to a half of the audience is automotive salespeople. And that's one of oh, the things we're trying to prepare them for is the, is, is the game is changing. You need to be ready, uh, you know, if, whether that happens in 10 years or 20 years or, or three years, but, but start looking ahead, ahead to that future and taking the steps today that are going to still make you a viable commodity uh, in, in, that, in that time frame.
1: Absolutely. I didn't. I wasn't even really fully aware of that. So I'm glad I brought. I brought <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: My, my my ad yeah. agency is an automotive ad agency. I've been working in the car business for for 30 years. So that's uh, that's that's where my emphasis is. And so a lot of this is for automotive salespeople and automotive dealerships to prepare them for the change that, that that's coming down the road. And, that, and that's that's the tidal wave that I, that's exactly the tidal wave that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let let's talk about you. You're you're tell me your backstory. You come from a real estate background, uh, and you've had a couple of trials and tribulations along the way that I want to talk about. So tell tell us your yeah. story. How'd you get here?
1: I, I will say one thing. I just want to say one thing about the book real quickly. Yeah. The book is told, I'm just backtracking in a minute. The book is told as a um, a business parable. So it's a business book of somebody who is stuck and needs to and wants to grow to the next level and comes through. Uh, comes into contact context with all of these, uh, these guides, these people, these business people, these personal friends that guide him to get unstuck and, and, and grow his business and his soul. So it's, an, it's a fun read because it's told as a story. So I just wanted to kind of let people know it's not a typical business book. It's a business book told as a story that uh, every character has backstories that I think people can really relate to. Anyway, all right, so getting back to this now. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that it's about growing his business and growing his soul. Cause that, that's, that's some of the things that I talk about that it's not all just about business. And I know me writing my own personal book changed my life and changed my soul and changed the way I look at the world. And I'm yeah. I'm, I'm sure that you've had a fairly similar experience and a couple of absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, so tell me so where, where should we go next? T-
0: t- yeah. Tell me, tell me about the book. Tell me, you know, your, for your real estate. I mean, uh, your background from your real estate background, you know, Tell, tell me what you've done in the past and how you got here and what made you decide yeah. to write this book and, and start the Think Big Movement. Sure.
1: Well, I've always wanted to write books. It's always been a dream of mine and uh, I'm a business coach and I grow companies all around the country and some international clients as well. Um, but I'll give you a quick just background of me. I'm 45 years old. Uh, when I was 23, I started a uh, internet business in my parents' basement, which was in June of 1995, when the internet was really just kind of beginning to take off. You, me, and uh, Jeff my,
0: Bezos, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, and my brother and I and a buddy of ours uh, so uh, started, built a company, uh, about two dozen people, over 300 clients. We ultimately sold the company, and um, I was responsible for all the sales and and and. And the business planning and things of that nature. Um, we sold the company to the largest internet professional service firm at the time in the world, a company called U.S. Web. We were partners in that company. The day I could leave, I left and um, uh, took a year and a half off, which I can tell you that about that a little bit later. Which was something really that I really needed to just kind of refuel and just kind of get regrounded. Um, after that, I uh, started selling real, uh, apartment buildings and real estate. Uh, became top in my um, field and then ultimately took over the office that I was raised in um, was a broker for six years and then six years ran my office uh, when I took over my office I took over August 4th 08. the market crashed in September of 08 and then grew that um, grew that office to be one of the most profitable offices in my company and after six years of doing that got a little restless wanted to do my own thing uh, resigned from that uh, left on great terms great company and um, went in-house for a year to help restructure an interne- uh, a, a real estate company and then started my own gig, um, Growing Businesses. I love growing businesses. I've wanted to do it since I was 18 years old, and my dad gave me a set of tape sets, Brian Tracy, yeah. uh, Psychology of Success. He said, listen to these people. You'll learn more from these people than you will college. I, of course, graduated college with a double major in journalism and economics, but I became addicted at 18 of listening to the Brian Tracy's, the Jim Rohn's, the Anthony Robbins. And, uh, self-studied every day since and wanted to build the minute I put Brian Tracy on my ears. I knew this is exactly what I, what I want to ultimately do. This is my end game. I want to grow companies, write books, keynote speak yeah. and, uh, and grow businesses.
0: Yeah. Well, my, my gig was, I, I spent most of the eighties riding around the back roads in Mississippi with a Zig Ziglar tape or an Earl Nightingale tape, cassette tape in the dash, listening to that <laughs> selling radio advertising.
1: Oh, fun. That's fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tell me and well I, I want to talk about some of your trials and tribulations. I read that you had, um, that, that you were dyslexic, and i I didn't know honestly what dyslexia meant. I, I thought like everyone else that it meant that you flip, you flipped flip the letters backwards and I thought, well that's okay, so the letters are backwards. anybody can figure that out. But when my daughter was diagnosed when she was younger with with dyslexia, and I watched how she struggled to learn on stuff that you know that I, it was so much easier for my older daughters and so much easier for my wife and I and I watched how how how, how difficult just actually learning and retaining information was from my younger daughter. It just amazed me that people go through this and not really a lot of people understand exactly what dyslexia is and how you overcome that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't um, know till I was about 31 years old that I was dyslexic. I, um, and dyslexic, I don't really read backwards. For me, there's a lot of different definitions of dyslexia. For me, it's more of a uh, like your daughter, more of a, it takes me longer to learn something. It takes me longer to retain something so I've had to learn how to kind of like, basically learn. I've had to learn how I learn through life. Yeah. Fortunately, one of the things I didn't realize until I was in my early 30s and took a test, an IQ test, and um, my therapist at the time gave me the, this five-day test. And he said, at the end, you may want to buy living with dyslexia. And I said, for who? He said, for you. So it was it's more of a retention thing for me. But fortunately for me, the biggest gift my dad, one of the biggest gifts my dad gave me was the gift of audio mm-hmm. because I didn't realize I always thought it was more visual, but I really wasn't more of an auditory learner. So I was one of those people where someone would say, Hey, read this book. It's like an hour read. It would take me 10 hours to read it
0: right? because
1: the retention, it would take, I would really have to really slow down. I mean, you should see, we've been talking about Amazon and Jeff, you know, the, my Kindle uh, font is like this big, you yeah. know, on, on each page because I can retain it faster but what i didn't realize was all those years from 18 to 31 that i was listening to seminars on tape and cd's and i was retaining at such a high level because i can retain when i listen more mm-hmm. so than when i read so that was that was huge for me so as i as i continued to me it was a gift because it always forced me to um, not that it doesn't have frustr- it have its frustrations, but it has always forced me to think outside the box, to think a little bit differently, to think more creatively to, um, to, because I had no choice, yeah. I had no choice and to really constantly be on a quest to understand how I learn. which I really, the more now that I, I talk to people, I don't know if people understand how they learn. Yeah. So, um, so for me, you know, I've never looked at it as a negative. Uh, sometimes it's a little frustrating, but it's, um, uh, I realized it one day because I was um, pitching a hundred million dollars with of real estate deals that I got. And after spending, you know, a hundred hours on all of it, I couldn't remember certain things when somebody asked me on a conference call. And I thought, this isn't, this doesn't even make sense. How could I not pull that information so readily when I knew it so easily? Right. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't get it you know, to the front of my brain. And, um, so now I know, so, you know, you come up with, with, with tools and tricks and, you know, and, and I take a lot of notes and I recap a lot of notes and I rewrite a lot of notes and I prep a lot. And, um, and so if I, when I go into a meeting, you know, I am prepped and ready to go where sometimes people think, God, are, did you even prep? Are you ready? Because what I do is I prep and I memorize, and then I have my notes as guides mm-hmm. and then, you know. I got to spend a lot longer time doing that than most, but that's okay.
0: Well, everyone has a different, uh, you know, different hand of cards to, to play with, and we just have to learn to to play the cards we're dealt. Right. And one of the one of the one of the defining moments of my life is when I got dealt the card, and I, you know, walked in the doctor, and he looked at me and said, "You know, well, you've got the C word." Yeah. And, uh, and that's that that's a life changing experience. It was for me, and uh, you know, I read through everything that you've gone through. The same thing. Tell me how having cancer and then then getting the double diagnosis of cancer that you think it's the, the big deal it's the all the way deal and yeah. uh, and how, how you turn around and overcome that and how how it, how it changes the way you changes your outlook
1: well you know there's I think there's pit- critical pivotal moments in everyone's life, and you hope that it doesn't come to the point where it's so you know catastrophic and you know monumental to to be told you have cancer. But unfortunately, sometimes in life, that's what it takes to really kind of get you in alignment and in perspective um, with one, how short life is, and two, how precious time is. So for me, I was 30 years old, uh, recently married. My wife and I were planning on having, starting to uh, have children, and I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And, um, you know, for your viewers, because you're into, um, uh, you know, more of the, a soul heartfelt story. Um, I, I determined that I had it by meditating. I was meditating and I had just had a checkup and like long story short, I told my wife, I think I have testicular cancer. I have no Mm -hmm. symptoms, but I just, when I'm meditating, I just have this feeling that I have it long story short. Um, I did. And, um, my doctor told me I didn't. And then, um, I did long story short. Um, and, uh, it put things in perspective. And I remember thinking in the day and a half, and I didn't know what um, stage cancer I had, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking as I remember praying to God, thinking I'm going to get through this and I'm going to, and I'm going to make a commitment to myself to do what I love always. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to get into investment real estate. And so I'm going to get into real estate once I get through this. And then that's how I got into real estate And then once that, once at every stage of my life, when I felt the chapters were done in my career, I basically moved on to something that I was fulfilled and passionate about Mm -hmm. because I did not want to be stuck in something that would make me unhappy. I'm a big believer that if you are around things that are negative and negative energy, that has to manifest somewhere in your body. And I don't, I have no scientific proof for that, but that's my belief. And I do everything I can to keep myself out of those arenas.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it is fairly scientific. The, the stress, stress is, is the, probably the worst thing that we can do for our health and it manifests itself in all kinds of ways and inflammation and everything that that, oh, yeah. that that drives us down. And that was one thing I took away from your website when I was looking over that, getting ready for the interview, that you had a list of your favorite books and a list of your favorite podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Read. And about half of that was all about nutrition and physical exercise. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and 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 I thought that's great because that's my big thing is the uh, is the symbiosis, for lack of a better word, uh, between building a better line and building a better business and you can't, you can't build a better business unless you build a better you. You got to take care of you. And I see so many salespeople and so many entrepreneurs who don't. They, 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 they go, you know, completely alpha and they charge 20 hours a day and they yeah. sleep two hours a day and they smoke and they drink and they eat, uh, eat you know, Fritos for lunch. And uh, and uh, so tell us how, how, how that has affected you and what, what your opinions on sure. physical, personal well-being is.
1: You know, I uh, I don't drink. Um, I when I was when I turned thirty five, it was almost like I became allergic to alcohol. My body cannot process it. If I have one, maybe two drinks a year, it would be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. Um, I don't take antibiotics if I can help it. Um, barely ever. I take vitamins. I start my mornings with transcendental meditation. I meditate every day. I've been meditating for twenty years. I take shots of apple cider vinegar. I take shots of ginger uh, uh, consistently, uh, Turmeric, shots of tumeric. Um, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink caffeine. I don't eat uh, dairy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I, I just believe that all of those things are just not good. They're not good for my system. I'm not saying I don't have ice cream every once in a while, yeah. but um, or a cup of coffee once in a while, but... You know, I know what makes my body feel good, and I know what makes my body feel sharp, and I know what drags my body down and breaks down my immune system. And the older I get, the harder it is. If I have a shitty day of eating, Mm -hmm. then I wake up the next day and my ears are completely plugged up. I, I have no, I have very little room for error. And because of my health history, I don't try to play around with that. So yeah. by nature, I'm a pretty clean eater. My dad was a master gardener
0: right.
1: uh, in the book. His name is Mark Gardner because my dad was a name was Mark and he was a master gardener and a dentist and, and a he, dentist. Yeah. He's a dentist in the book. And um, so we always had a, a huge garden in my house growing up with fresh vegetables. And my, I was I always always I was raised on pretty clean eating. So, you know, to me, it's a critical part because if my mind isn't clear, then I can't be sharp for my clients. I'm a business coach. I'm strategically thinking all the time. I'm, I'm helping implement. I'm helping think. You know, I get massages. I go. I get rolfing. I get energy healing, acupuncture, cranial sacral. I, the only thing I invest in myself, I don't care about. I mean, I have. You know, I, I buy my suits for a $100, 150 dollars, and you know, I my, I I look fine. And you know, I buy these. I buy. Decent things, but right. I invest the most money in taking care of my mind, my body, my spirit, and um, and reading and anything to educate myself. Whether it's an online seminar uh, or something of that nature, because to me, that's what it's all about. I have a gym in my house. I have a trainer twice a week. I work out four or five days a week, and um, to me, that's first and foremost as far as taking care of myself.
0: The funny, it's funny you said that you became allergic to alcohol. I, I I I was a pretty good drinker in my younger days, and when I hit about. You know, about five or six years ago, I got to be about 45, uh, 46 years old. I just, it, it didn't feel right anymore. And I just, I just quit one day. And I said, I'm gonna quit for 30 days. And at the end of the 30 days, the difference in how I felt just from not drinking alcohol change, change, changed, changed a hundred percent. And yeah. that, that was, you know, that was five years ago. I haven't had a drink of alcohol in five years where I drank like a fish for 35 years, yeah. not knowing what a drag it was on me. And then yeah. the, 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 it was, it was so freeing to you know, the, the clarity of thought and the uh, the clarity of purpose, where I could sit down and, and actually zone in and, and get stuff done. That was and, and then on top of that, started eating healthier too. Eating eating vegetables and, instead of uh, instead of cheetos makes all the difference yeah. in the world. So, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us tell us one step. My promise to everyone who's who's watching the show is that And these are salespeople and entrepreneurs. A lot of solopreneurs, uh, people who kill what they eat. And uh, I tell them that if you're going to, if you're going to give me 30 minutes of your time, I going to give you something that you can take away, that you can put into action to make your life and your business better. So I need one action step that uh, a car salesman in uh, Des Moines or a, a, a dentist in Dubuque that they can sure. do to start building their, uh, building a better life and a better business today.
1: So I'm going to give, I'm going to give two suggestions. One, I'm going to give a suggestion that I'm a big fan of um, journaling. I think journaling is a big thing to um, to just basically keep any dream or idea alive that you may have. Um, a lot of times people have ideas and they keep them to themselves or they they live in a kind of, well, when I get to this and when I do this and when I accomplish this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I suggest to people all the time, write, buy a journal and keep it alive. Whether it's you write in that journal once a month, once a week, once every two months, come up with something consistent where you're keeping the the dream of what's next alive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a salesperson, you're in control of your own destiny. So that's number one. I think, it's a, I think it's a very critical thing to do. Number two, if you don't have a business plan and you think that you can grow your business year over year, month over month, you're wrong. You have got to spend time planning. So I'm gonna give you a very simple business plan to, uh, to create. Um, on a daily basis to make sure that you are um, growing your business. Every single day, you want to do the following. You want to list out your two to three top priorities and activities that are specific and measurable every single day. Um, You also want to understand what your one measurable is. What's the one thing, a lot of time for salespeople, what's the one thing that equates to driving your business forward? You want to understand what your top two or three metrics slash conversions slash ratios are, Mm -hmm. because if you don't know your numbers, then you can't reverse engineer and understand how to grow your business. You then want to uh, be able to find somebody to hold you accountable to your goals. If you want to increase and accelerate the growth of your business, then find somebody to hold you accountable. And what that looks like is you're talking, meeting, or emailing every single day to make sure that you do what you say you're going to do, or you did what you say you uh, were going to do. That is absolutely critical. And I find that most people want to be held accountable, but nobody really wants to be held accountable. (laughs) And that level of accountability is what is going to drive you from good to great, from great to exceptional. So you got to take the time to create the plan. And then you got to ultimately do what I just suggested that breaks it down every day. And every morning you want to look at those and you want to rebuild them. And every night you want to See if you what you accomplish, and you want to prep for the next day. Those to me are ritual are critical rituals for any salesperson. Next, return every single call and every single email by the end of every single day, and plan your day for the upcoming day at the for the next day for the, at the end of each day. If you do those things as a salesperson, they are fundamentally sound. But what it does is it increases your discipline, it increases your follow up. It increases the, the, the level of trust that your clients have in you because your follow-up will become more impeccable if it isn't already. You do those simple, simple things that you have complete control over that are very simple, very fundamental, very uh, actionable and real and not overwhelming. You will grow your business in a significant way if you are consistent every single day with what I just suggested
0: consistency like 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 a river over a boulder just a little a little dab will do you if you keep if you keep applying the pressure correct correct john thank you so much this has been fantastic if we wanted to get in touch with you how would uh, how would folks get in touch with you
1: absolutely um my i, I give everybody my cell phone 248-535-7796 my website is john dwoskin j-o-n-d as and david w-o-s-k-i-n I've got hundreds of video tips. I've got three podcasts. I've got tons of blogs, tons of content for salespeople. I have a specific sales podcast I do with my buddy Fish and uh, just an enormous amount of content to help anybody grow their business. And I'm always available to do a call or uh, shoot me an email or shoot me a text. Or you can buy my book on amazon.com and uh, you know, there feel you free go. to reach out to me. I love talking and meeting new
0: people. All right, John, thank you so much. I appreciate you. If we can do anything for you, don't hesitate to ask.
1: Terry, I appreciate your time, and thanks, everybody, for listening.
0: Getcha Some Radio. You've been listening to the Getcha Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.